Welcome into episode 79 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how are you? Who do we play today, Jack? <laughs> Does it matter at this point? <laughs> no, I'm good. It's... uh been a busy week uh, i apologize to everyone on here I, i'm so sorry that you had to to watch that game live wednesday night i somehow got lucky and didn't have to watch it live first game i've missed since i've been doing this and i think i picked the right one but i i did go back and watch the tape unfortunately okay well that, that's my that starts with my first question why in the hell did you do that because i have to talk about it on the show right <laughs> anything for the brand all right well <laughs> It looked bad the second time. I couldn't imagine what it looked like the first time. You're exactly right. So before we move on into LSU talk and what a win or loss uh, against the Tigers would mean, let's go go through this um, piece of garbage game that happened down in Athens. Kentucky loses 63-62. Uh, Sean, I, I think the only real bright spot that came from that game would be B.J. Boston's fine. Finally, we get the emergence of B.J. Boston. 18 points, 9 of 17 shooting. Uh, let me see, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. Um, it looks like one more steal as well in a team-high 33 minutes. But the biggest aspect of it all is that he did it all coming off the bench. Sean, what did you think of B.J. Boston's performance? I, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Uh, still sufficiency issues there if he's shooting 17 shots jack you'd want to see him getting somewhere north of 25 to 26 points i mean he needs to get to the free throw line more but i'm not going to sit here and critique the heck out of him today because it, it, he did exactly what we've all been calling for he, he stepped up he made shots he finally looked like he had a rhythm to his game and it what just go figure right bj boston kind of does this thing gets going and then other guys start going the other direction i just uh that's i think that's what we've been at this year is that nobody's playing well on the same night it's it's one thing here or one or one thing not here and it's uh we've been saying it jack the margin of error is so thin for this team that they kind of all have to be good or at least 90 percent good for this team to be successful yeah and and what's so frustrating is Cal, I believe, Monday night on on his call-in show basically said, we've been crunching the numbers, we have these advanced analytics, um, you know, we've kind of put our heads together and said, okay, look, there's one lineup in particular that uh, that has an offensive efficiency rating that would match basically all the best teams in college basketball. If, if we run this offensive lineup, this is going to be the one that kind of put, puts us over the edge. And apparently that included uh, Dante Allen in the starting lineup and Lance Ware in the starting lineup. And I, I'm not sure what they saw in the analytics. I don't know what told them that, but it was an absolute mess. Uh, you know, we only got four minutes out of Lance Ware, which, that, I mean, th that could be up to coaching decisions and just rotations. And, and you know, th that, that can be up for debate. I think he could have gotten more minutes. I, I think we've talked on the side. I think you think the same thing. Uh, but I think the bigger – aspect of it all is that Dante Allen just did not look comfortable in that starting lineup. And in fact, when Joel Justice talked to the media on Friday morning, he actually said that Dante came to Coach Cal and told him that he was more comfortable coming off the bench and that he preferred to not start, which I, I have never heard that before, Sean. 
No, and and back the thing with Lance Ware, you and I talked about this earlier this week, and I talked to somebody else too. I said, can you please explain to me what is going on <laughs> with him and just what is the thought process around his game? Because he has gone from – he started a couple of games and then played absolutely none in a game like a week ago. And I, I don't know, Jack. Like, what do you do with that? Like, how do you go from playing him – starting him in one place to not playing him at all to back to starting him the next game. Like there's no consistency there with that at all. So how can you expect any consistency from Lance himself? And then on Dante's side, he, he certainly did not look comfortable in that role at all. And I don't know. I just feel like that this, that this team and this staff right now, they're not getting the right five guys on the floor at any point. And I just don't think that, Dante Allen kind of meshed well with the lineup that they had to start the game. I just feel like that they're not finding that perfect mix and balance of five guys that play well together. And I think that brings down some other guys because then they just look bad as a whole unit. Well, I guess that brings, brings up the the next question. So BJ Boston says uh, he tells the media that he was very comfortable coming off the bench and that, you know, he, he, he sees the, the, the game better. He kind of sees how the game is unfolding and kind of uses that as a, all right, here's where I need to make an impact. And he feels more comfortable coming off the bench. And then Dante Allen goes out and says that he isn't comfortable starting. So what do you do? Where, what is this secret perfect formula for John Calipari going into this LSU game? Ed, absolute must win game and we'll we'll get into the specifics of that because i wrote a post basically breaking down uh kentucky's ncaa ch- uh, tournament chances which uh, spoiler alert they're not good um but but until we get to that point i, I just I, i'm just very curious what you think is that right answer for for this starting lineup if you're the the, the player that played the best down in georgia says that he doesn't want to start but played the best and then the player that played arguably one of the worst says that he's not comfortable coming starting starting the game. So what 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 do you do if you're in John Calipari's shoes? Somebody somebody has to start, right? Yeah. I mean you got you gotta have five on the floor. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do, honestly. Like I just I think we're to a point where none of us really know what we do. Are we, are, I mean does Kentucky still wear blue and white jerseys? I think that that would be uh, the next question. I mean everything's just been so chaotic. I don't know. Um uh, Jack, I do think it was good for BJ to to sit and kind of watch and get a feel of the game. You you see that actually pay off for a lot of guys at all levels of basketball. If they can just sit, you know, relax their mind a little bit, kind of just look at exactly how the game flow is being being played, and then you you come in uh, when there's an, a rhythm established to the to the game there for a couple of minutes. Uh, Dante, I I do think is better reserved for coming off the bench. I know we've been calling for him to start and everything, but the one thing that I will agree with that Cal has been saying is that when you've got someone that's playing well, you don't want to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So now that BJ's playing well, I leave him in his role coming off the bench. Dante did not play well in his role starting. I put Dante back and have him come off the bench. So then it becomes down to who do you start? Do you start Mintz and Askew together one, two? Who do you slide in there at that three position? Because we, we, you don't. I do not want to see the Jacob Top and Olivier Saar, Isaiah Jackson combo, or Lance Ware with those three. <laughs> That's so be- then it becomes one of those things where you kind of do you slide Keon at the three? Yeah. To start the game, 
I do think that B.J. Boston needs to continue coming off the bench because you don't mess with it because he finally done something well. If that's where he's comfortable, take it. Yeah. And then I, I, I go back to Dante off the bench too, just just for today to see if he finds that rhythm again. Because once once again, it's not it's not who starts the game. It's you could play a minute or two and then throw somebody in there and they play the rest of the game. I mean, just whatever. Uh, they just got to find something that works, Jack. And whatever happened Wednesday night, whatever happened at Auburn, it it's just not working. <laughs> Coach Cal's answered all this and be like, well, you guys kept asking. We're going to go Jacob Toppin. We're going to go Olivier Seller. And we're going to go Isaiah Jackson. Boom. Science. And Lance <laughs> Ware, too. Yeah, That's Lance Ware, too. Well, there was, I think it was Chris Fisher of 247 Sports. I think I, – I'm pretty sure he put out – um, after Cal's comments that basically said we have one lineup that's the absolute best offensively and we have one lineup that's the absolute best defensively. And it included, it was like, I think it was like Davion Mintz and then it was the, the four bigs. It wasn't as a lineup. It was just all the individual players that, that grade out to be the best offensive players and the best defensive players. And it was like Lance Ware, Keon Brooks, uh Isaiah Jackson and, and Olivier Saar, and I almost responded. I was like, dang, Lance Ware is going to look pretty pretty darn nice at running the two. <laughs> that, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to say that Cal would never do something like that, but uh, after watching this season, I, I don't think it would become as, as that much of a shock. So <laughs> so I did a li- I, I crunched some numbers a little bit and, um, earlier this week and basically said, okay, Kentucky needs to make the NCAA tournament with X. What is what is their path to the NCAA tournament? And I kind of broke it down with, you know, the, the the remaining games on the schedule, must win games, and to, you know toss up games and expected losses. I kind of broke down um, the schedule from top to bottom. Obviously, at Georgia was a must win, and they screwed that part of it up. So they're already starting from behind. But I basically went back to the last ten years of NCAA tournament games and found that um, there hasn't been a team with lower than a 5.58 winning percentage since John Calipari has been head coach at Kentucky make the make the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid uh, with an at-large bid. Florida did it. Um, let me see. Vanderbilt did it in 2017, and Ohio State did it. Let me see. Yeah, something like that. So, so – Five five eight is the lowest the the lowest that we've seen in the last decade, and for Kentucky to get to that point, they have to win at least fifteen games in the regular season or make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. There there's no there's no in between to get to that point. To get to that point, they now have to beat LSU, win at Missouri, versus Arkansas, versus Auburn. Uh, at Vandy versus Texas A&M versus Florida at Ole Miss that South Carolina game needs to get rescheduled and UK needs to win it. And now because they fell uh, against um, at, at Georgia, they now have to win at Alabama and, and versus Tennessee. Those are, those are now must wins in, in that must win category. So, all that being said, they can only afford two more losses on the entire year to to reach that point. Two, two more regular season losses. So, Sean, I don't want to say that things are looking dark and and ominous and that, but goodness, the the, the road to the NCAA tournament is not a positive one. If they want to make a run, I mean, they have to win. They they basically have to win out at this point. I mean, or, or at least close to it. 
things are looking up sounds like <laughs> no i'm kidding no uh i don't know i think at this rate they got to have a lot of teams decide they don't want to play in the NCAA tournament because it's just i mean you're four and nine we were talking about this at starkville that I kept saying that Kentucky needed to get 13 wins in SEC play and finish 13 and five after the non-conference stretch that they had to be comfortably kind of on the bubble and be in the NCAA tournament. Cause I just thought that 13 and five in SEC play would be in the top three of the league. You'd be right there with Tennessee, Alabama, and these other teams. And it, it, you have Kentucky on your Jersey. I mean, that's, a, that's enough to get you in. If you, if you just put yourself in position to at least be in the conversation for it, this is the team right now, Jack, that a win today, a win next week, and a win next Saturday, that, inc- that would include two wins against Alabama and Texas, and it still wouldn't be enough Mm-mm. to even get them on the bubble. That's, that's where we're at right now at this point, that a win versus an undefeated Alabama team and a Texas team would not be enough to even get you on the bubble right now. It would, you would be 7-9. and nine if you win those three. So, I mean, that's the, that's the uphill climb that we're talking about. This is a team that has to go on a run at some point. You've got to get above 500, but that run has to start right now. This can't, I don't think this is going to be a, you beat Alabama, you lose the Texas deal because it's not getting you anywhere. You're canceling out what you're doing. Well, Yeah. this has to be a run that starts right now. Let's say Kentucky over the next two weeks, they go two and two Jack. It's done. I, I just don't see, and the SEC tournament being up in the air, you, you don't know what's going to happen with these conference tournaments considering that they're going to bubble up for the NCAA tournament. It's getting to the point where you're running out of runway here. Yeah, so I just went back. It was Florida 2019. They went 19-15. and 15. Alabama in 2018, they went 19-15 and 15 as well. And Vanderbilt in 2017, 19-15. So that 5-5-8 is that like magic, absolute bare minimum number that UK has to get to just just for the precedent, just, just for what we've seen historically in the last 11 years, that is the absolute bare minimum is .558. And, well, and we're not even but close. You're talking a, no, and you're, but you're talking about a schedule. I know Tennessee just got their, their tails kicked at Florida and one of the, the most, I think, surprising uh, final scores that I've, I've seen this season. Didn't see that coming at all. But you you have a schedule that has Tennessee twice. You still have Missouri on that schedule. You still have Texas. You still have Alabama. They just lost to Georgia. I mean, <laughs> at what point is there is there a win on this back end back end of the schedule that you just say, yeah, Kentucky's going to beat that team? I mean, they're a favorite today, but they were a favorite Wednesday night as well. I mean, they've been favorite, the favorite a lot of times. Right now, I have no confidence in this team winning basketball games. None. I mean, if they if they lined up and played anybody right now, it wouldn't matter who it was. If they played Moorhead State again, I would be sitting there wondering, is it going to happen to not too? This just is not a good basketball team. That's just plain and to the point. There, there are a lot of holes. They have to all be playing well for this to be a good team. It's not always been like that at Kentucky. It's not always like that on good teams. You can have some guys have an off night. This is a team that needs everybody doing their job. And if one person's not doing it, boy, that whole just it you can it's visibly. I mean, it, it's there. You could see. It. I mean, Coach Cal, I believe Monday night or, or I think it was after the Auburn game. I, I'm not I'm not sure. 
said somebody asked what what do you think about the NCAA tournament chances you know when you look at this schedule and you look at where you guys are currently and this was before the Georgia loss um and and they asked where does an NCAA tournament run run come from like how do you even get to that point and he said something along something to the effect of oh well you know you just have to string together some wins and build up momentum I'm not worried about that right now we're we're worried about winning these Uh, you know he kind of brushed that brushed that off like it like it wasn't that big of a deal um Joel Justice on Friday after Friday morning was asked kind of a similar question. You know, how do you um, how how do you build momentum and, and optimism with this team, knowing that the future just doesn't look that bright? And he he basically he had a great answer. He basically said, "Well, our story is still being written. We're you know you you can write a new couple lines or a new chapter every single day with with going to work and you know at practice. And it starts it starts with today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month." And I thought that was a pretty solid answer. But the the point remains that th- there is no option but winning at this point. If they if they genuinely want to, I mean, and and I mean the NIT, you have to be 500 to even make that. So the 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 fact of of you know having that as a fallback plan, which is a horrible fallback plan for Kentucky fans. I mean, that's just something that would be unacceptable at that point. But that's not even a fallback point plan at this point. Like that, that, that would be, you know, making five. It's either, it, it just feels like we're at a boom or bust part of this season. And I'm worried that if Kentucky loses today against LSU, if they string together a couple more losses, I mean, four straight games against, against ranked opponents, I think five straight games against teams in the top 40 of that, that the NCAA's net. I mean, the, 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 Road ahead just looks so dark and difficult for this team. I'm worried that if they let this one go, that they're going to let go of the rope. That this that this is the the make or break point of the season. If they can't string start stringing together wins like right this minute after that horrible loss at Georgia, I just I genuinely don't see them mentally returning from that point. No, I mean the ropes turn into dental floss. Right now, mm-hmm. at some point, it's going to snap on you, Jack. And I, I just think that we're pretty much to that point. I mean, you look at what they've done the last seven days. It included a loss to Auburn and a loss to Georgia, who are not good basketball teams. No way, when you watch that game last week at Auburn, should they have lost that basketball game to that Auburn team, if this team was actually really good. Same thing with Georgia Wednesday night. You have an opportunity to win it, and once again, their offense and everything is so bad they can't close it, and then they don't switch. Play man-to-man under a basket, out-of-bounds set, and they don't switch a back screen. Like, how? Like, I don't understand. That's like middle school, high school stuff right there. You automatically switch that. Yeah. They didn't, and they, they lose the game. on that. And that, that was kind of – it kind of felt like the, you know, the nail in the coffin there, to lose it to a team that you had dominated, I think 14 straight, and then turn around, you're looking up and you're 4-9. I'm sitting there last night watching, uh, I think I turned on FS1, and San Diego State was playing Air Force, and San Diego State was literally winning by like 30 late in the game. It's like 30 seconds left. Air Force runs a back cut, scores a layup, and the bench is over there clapping, celebrating, and the team's all excited. And I was like, man, I said, getting beat by 30. And you're so. I said it would suck to be in that situation. Then I looked down and they're four and nine. I was like, damn. 
Kentucky is in that situation <laughs> right now. Are. I mean, this is I can't be throwing punches and jabs here when you look down and see that that's kind of where Kentucky's at right now. They're they're four and nine, Jack, and we're almost through January. Like, what is going on? I I, I wish I had the answer. And, and we're and we're supposed. I know. I understand. We're we're journalists. We're supposed to be able to tell this story. We're supposed to be able to talk about it. But I want you all to know that. I hadn't, Lord have mercy, I never saw this coming, Jack. The way Calipari praised this team in the preseason, all the hype around these guys, yes, I, there's going to be some people who said, well, you all added to the hype because you just kept pumping them up. Well, you know why we kept pumping them up? Because people that are never really wrong kept pumping them up too. Mm-hmm. So this is all, like, we've all been surprised. And I'll tell you this too, I think those, I think the kids are surprised how bad they are right now because I don't think any of them saw this coming. And and I don't want to be too hard, Jack. It is it has been a hard year, but it's Kentucky. There is no excuses. If you lost every single player off the roster, it's no excuse because it's Kentucky. They get it figured out. This just feels like that it's an outlier just entirely. We've always said the NIT team was the outlier. Maybe this will be the outlier when we look at the John Calipari era because right now the NIT team without Nerwin's Noel would beat this team by 20. <laughs> Gosh, but here's the other thing too in that losing streak when it was all historic numbers popping up hadn't done this since 1930 1920 all that stuff mm-hmm. we kept saying they'll figure it out Seth Davis on CBS stick with them Big Blue Nation the schedule gets easier here there were some things there that we probably should have noticed and when you look at numbers and you put them all together Corey Price does an excellent job on Twitter there are so many things that when you look, this team is st- statistically in the same categories as the NIT team. I keep seeing the NIT team pop up as the only other time Kentucky's done this. And and that's that's a problem. That That's the team that didn't get to the goal, the NCAA tournament. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised now that that's the team that they're kind of falling in line with. But that team was still better than this team Well, and, and, right now. Yeah. Well, and, and Cal's big thing, I mean, he has gotten just he, – he has basically gotten a built-in cushion because of his past track record with teams like this where things start rough. I mean, that 2013-14 team basically just shut everybody up. They lost so many games. They lost basically every single road game in the SEC. In the SEC. Uh, even that 2010-2011 team with Brandon Knight – I mean, they lost. It, it just it felt like they lost every single road SEC game that they had to offer, and, and it just it always felt like we want we wanted to just get our claws out and just and just attack Cal. It's just like man, it, this dude just isn't figuring it out. And it seems like every single year he gets behind early, and he just slowly works forward, just kind of takes these baby steps forward and forward and forward, and finally reaches that point that that aha moment. And they click at the end of the season. Every single year they click. They make a, a, a run to the NCAA tournament. They make a run in the NCAA tournament. And then Cal basically is able to put his middle finger in the air and go, see, everybody shut up. I got this. That, is, that, is that I got this moment still possible this year? Well, that's, that's actually what I was about to bring up to you. Is I feel like as fans and us as media, regardless of how bad they look at times, even in the back of our mind this year, I think a lot of people that listen to the show, even though that we both with our with our eyes know that this team's not very good, I think we wake up every day saying, it, it, it's Cal, it's Kentucky. They're going to look their best when it's time to look their best. 
it just feels different this year, Jack. I just, I really think just looking at this team and pulling it apart, there's just so many holes. And I think that this is kind of, and I think you're seeing Cal get defeated. This is the first time where he's talked about he needs someone to talk to that he's discouraged. In years past, when they were going through tough times, I mean, he was pressing on. It was this, you know, we're, we're here. These kids are fun. They're not robots. They're not machines. This just feels significantly different. This just feels like it's hopeless. And we're kind of just sitting here waiting for the sand to run out of the hourglass because we're all just ready to flip it over and try this again next year. It, it, it feels different, but I know in the back of a lot of people's minds, there's still people out there. It's like, they're going to get this figured out. And, and I hope they do. I hope that they're playing their best basketball. I hope the SEC tournament gets played because I'll tell you this, you get in a tournament format and you never know what can happen. You string together some success. You get the right matchups, things like that. You can make some noise and do some things. But this is a Kentucky team right now that looks like a team that should be playing on Wednesday night of the SEC tournament. <laughs> and and that's that's a problem. But it's also – here's the thing, too. I'll tell you this before we start to wrap up is – John Calipari has never been a fan of the SEC tournament. He's always mentioned they do it for the fans. This is one year that he needs to hope and pray they have it because regardless that there's no fans going to be there and stuff, Kentucky and John Calipari need the SEC tournament. I mean, looking at this road ahead, it, it might be their only chance at making the NCAA tournament. Truly, I mean, if – I mean, you, you the wins have to start piling up right, like right now, right this absolute minute. They have to, they have to end this regular season on a serious, serious run, and then win at least a couple games in the NCAA tournament if they want a, a chance at an at an at, at large bid. But if they go in there and win the SEC, just win the whole thing. I mean, that's when we start talking about, all right, well, maybe, you know, maybe that's the run they need. I don't know. I mean, you just, you, it's just so troubling to look at this schedule and go, don't know if they can win there. Don't know how they win there. Don't know how they win at home against them. Don't know how they do this. The, I, I just, I had, there hasn't been a time watching this team that I have looked at a schedule and just gone, ugh, where where is that op optimism coming from? What? How do you even pull together wins against five straight top forty net net programs? I, I just I just don't. This if they well, get through this if they get through this stretch unscathed, that that may be something where you go okay, that's that's at least a step in the right direction. But well, one law one I'm, win isn't going to do anything for me today. Win I'm, against LSU is not going to do anything for me. No, and I feel like we've, we've said this every game. Today will tell the tale. I, I've said that so many times on this podcast, on Kentucky Daily, everything. Today kind of really tells it because this is an LSU team that just got absolutely curb stomped mm -hmm. by Alabama. If Kentucky doesn't win this game today, this may be a season where you look up and Kentucky finishes with six wins, seven wins. Like they're to that point, Jack, that this might just be unbelievable what we look up and see at the end of this year. Does this team lose 16 games? Does this team lose seven? I, there's certainly there's certainly some concern here that at some point you just got to start playing for pride. It's through the NCAA tournament. Like that's the the margin that, that Kentucky's at right now when it comes to where they are in the season. Uh, because if you lose today, you might as well just go ahead and say that CBI, they're not even good enough to be in that one or whatever it is. Like th this is just right now just a bad basketball team. And it's going to be the national story. I yeah. mean, you, you look, Duke's not good. The Blue Bloods aren't good. But Kentucky is bad. 
Like Duke is struggling, but Kentucky is historically bad. Yeah, and it's the they're the, they're the punchline right now. But when you're the best and you're the gold standard, when you have a year like this, everybody's going to throw their punches. Jeff Goodman's going to keep throwing his jabs. You've got to give a reason to shut them up. And right now, Kentucky just keeps making them louder because their play has just been it's been horrible. And the only thing that positive that I think if if you don't make the tournament, the only positive thing that could come out of this is you get a lot of guys to come back. But it's Kentucky, Jack. You just never know. <laughs> Nothing's ever – you should never assume at Kentucky. We've been talking about this and stuff. And, you know, I said these guys are going to continue having their ups and downs this year. But hopefully they get it together because I know that this fan base needs something good to happen today. I don't think they can handle another loss. If they do, this would include a season that's had a six-game losing streak and then a four-game losing streak. Oof. I mean, that, that's, that, that's not good. That's not NCAA tournament. It, it's not. It, and, and if they lose today, I don't think I'll ever mention the NCAA tournament again this year. Yeah. If it, they lose today. Because, yeah. it, honestly, it's not fair. It's not fair to the fans for us to keep saying NCAA tournament when this team's 4-10. Yeah. When you say must-win games back at the Notre Dame game, that's when you go, it's a must-win to build momentum. If this team wants to make a legitimate run in the NCAA tournament, you got to win that game. North Carolina was a – if you want to at least, you know, make it out the first couple rounds, it's like the goalposts have been shifted with every single game to a varying degree of must win. We are at the point now where if they want to salvage a season even slightly, if they if they want to just at least make fans feel better about themselves, the wins have to start right this second against at home against LSU. I mean, we we might already be past the point of, of NCAA tournament talk. I mean, we, we, we genuinely might be. But, I mean, if this season needs wants to be salvaged at all, if there's any hope for the future of this year, I mean, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start today. It's And it's a very uh, troubling thought process, especially considering how the Auburn game was as well, the Georgia game was as well. It just It just feels like we're trending toward this – this this inevitable I, I don't even know I mean I'm just it, very very troubling part of the season this whole season has been troubling but it, it just feels like like we are well into danger not approaching danger zone but but like both feet in jumping you know head first into danger zone right now at this point it's it's a very scary thing Sean I'm it's it's something that I'm not looking forward to talking about at all no, and that's why we didn't record after the the loss to Georgia is because we said we were we went in on them pretty hard after the Auburn loss. What good was it going to do to come in and do the exact same thing Wednesday night? We kind of wanted to get the emotion out of it because even as covering this team, Jack, it, it it's it's making us mad to yeah. cover this. This this isn't fun. Mm-hmm. This isn't enjoyable to write this. We're writing the same thing every week about how bad this team is and how we keep getting worse. Hopefully today we get something good to talk about because God knows we all need something positive <laughs> to talk about. The year started off great, 21, start build and a three-game winning streak. But then here we are. I mean, three-game losing streak, and now we have to figure out where Kentucky goes next. Right back to right back to where they were. All right, Sean, we'll get the heck out of here with that, uh, hopefully with a win coming. Sean, where can fans find your work? Uh, you can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. 
You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Pack Source of State podcast. We will see you then. Oh, I got the